Is it on? Welcome to the Shaunt Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Welcome into another edition of the Shaunt Show, everybody. It's not often that teams get to play in week 13. This is a privilege and an honor for any team. Yes, Coastal Carolina limped into this game with a game canceled justifiably against Virginia and then getting their ass handed to them by James Madison, but they're here. There's only two teams in the Sun Belt that get to play in this game every year, and Coastal's one of them. We came into this season expecting the Sun Belt East to be one of the best divisions in college football. Was that true? No. But was it ultra competitive? Yes. Should Coastal be proud of this achievement? Yes. But now they have to go on the road to a loud, proud, very good Troy Trojans team. They're 10-2. and two. They were not slated to host this game until Coastal lost to James Madison. And now that it's on their home turf, it's going to be pretty scary. Josh, this team came in as the uh, num- basically consensus number two team in the West. They have won the division. And now they're here. What are your initial takeaways from this Troy team? What do you uh, what do you have your eye on? Yeah, so this is a really tough Troy team, like you mentioned, and it's a team that the last two years has given us just a battle. Like the first year in 2020, they took us to overtime and they almost beat us. We had to have I think it was the game we needed a last second comeback. And then last year it was in the rain. It was on Thursday night. It was on ESPNU. It was another dog fight. This Troy team always plays us tough. And this is the best team they've had recently. Their only losses are to Ole Miss by 18. That's respectable. And they lost to Hail Mary to App State. I They have a real gripe to not be ranked as well. The other common opponents, they played them pretty well. They beat Marshall by a similar margin. They beat Army by one. But they're very similar to us. But their defense is just wildly better. And I think that's the key thing we're going to have to look at when we're breaking down this matchup is that they're really tough. They don't make a ton of mistakes, and they're extremely physical, which is which is on brand for them. Yeah, Troy's game has been for a long time. They're not going to run past you. They're going to run through you. This is a team that every time they play a Power 5 team, that Power 5 team might win, but they're leaving with bumps and bruises, and they remember the Troy Trojans. Jordan, this team is essentially the anti-Coastal Carolina. Does that scare you headed into Saturday's matchup? I'm very afraid because of the way that they've been playing. They've been 5-0 and the last five games that they played. And we have been struggling of late. And usually the team that's been playing the best ball going into a conference championship, a championship game is going to win the game. Um, they've got a pretty – they've got a, one of the best teams in the Sun Belt outside of James Madison, and you could argue um, South Alabama's in the mix as well. They've got one of the best teams in the Sun Belt, and I, I really feel like with them being at home and with them having the momentum that they've got right now, Coastal needs to come out, and we need to have a fast start against this team because if we don't, it's just going to be a repeat of last week. You know, Kamani, Vidal has over a 1,000 yards rushing this year. He is something that I'm worried about because 
when I look at that stat of him having over a thousand yards, I think of what that running back had from um, Old Dominion. I can't quite remember his name, but he had a field day against us at homecoming. And I feel like if we don't play our best ball on defense, he's going to have a, a great game, similar game that what he had on a homecoming against us. So I'm very scared of what this this team could do. Defensively, they're one of the best defenses that I've seen all year in the Sun Belt. And, you know, we still don't know about Grayson and if he's going to be able to play or not. But, you know, if he's not ready to play, then I'm very afraid of what the final stat line will be. Yeah, no, I agree with Jordan with everything he said. One thing about this Troy team that makes me a little more nervous than the James Madison game is the fact that they are probably the most balanced team that we have probably faced. Like these guys, like it's not like there's one guy you can point out. To me, I like that because if there's one guy you can point out, then you can point out stopping him and enforcing them other ways. But besides the running back, besides Kamani Vidal, when you look at it, they're wide receivers, 764 yards, 538, 392, 351. These guys are all getting the ball. Four two of them have four touchdowns. Another one has two. Like they're they're all balanced. It's a balanced offense. That's what it is, really. And then the defense is balanced too. Like, but it's a really good balanced defense. You got three guys who have four and a half sacks. TJ Jackson, he leads their team with eight sacks and two forced fumbles this year. Like, this is a really, really good team defensively and offensively. And it's going to take the entire team to come and show up. Even, even their kicker is good. Like even, even the kicker 30, um, 34 for 35 on extra points this year, 15, 15 for 17 on field goals. Like one for one on 50 yard, 50 plus yarders. Like this is a really good team. And we're going to have to be good, not just on offense, not just on defense, but on special teams as well. This is going to take, the best effort, I think, for Coastal. Like, Coastal's going to have to put in their best effort, and they're going to have to play a lot better than they did last game in order to win this game, plain and simple. Yeah, they're going to have to play a lot better than they have most of the season. Josh, you mentioned common opponents. They play in the same conference, so there's a decent amount of crossover. We barely scraped by UL Monroe. We made uh, Chandler Rogers look like a, a god, make him look like Tom Brady. This Troy defense did none of that. They dominated UL Monroe from start to finish, and and Troy and Coastal didn't play, so you're forced to look at common opponents. Troy's looked better against the common opponents. And to your point, Mario, yeah, they're incredibly balanced. They run up, I call it the pro-college style. They're not going to line up with two tight ends and a fullback and try and run up the gut every play. But what they're going to try and run is something like the Kansas City Chiefs. They're always going to have a tight end. They're going to be in what's called 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back. And they're going to get the ball to their weapons, and they're going to get it to them quickly. And it scares me because you made the point there, Mario. If they have one guy, you can key on one guy and shut him down. Two problems with that. Coastal hasn't been able to do that against teams that do have that. And two, this team doesn't have that. They have four, five, six guys that are dangerous with the ball in their hands and will get the ball in their hands often. Mario, I'll come back to you. Is there any player on Coastal's defense that you're looking for to have a big game? And if they have a big game, maybe it puts the game in Coastal's favor. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm going to go with the same guys as I did last game. Uh, the Jordan Strong, Lance Boykin, whichever one of those is going to go up against that number one wide receiver, I think that's definitely something. 
I think that's definitely a guy they're going to have to lock down, even though their wide receiving core is very balanced. I think just taking away that number one option, I think that I think that could definitely help Coastal. And as far as stopping that running back, I mean, we got to go back to, like, Gerard Clark. We got to go to Gerard Clark because if we have any chance of winning this game, their most, their non, their most non-balanced position, in my opinion, is the running back position on offense. You know, Vidal, Vidal is clearly their number one running back, and I think if we can shut him down and and, and basically – restrain him for the game, I think that Colts will have a good chance of winning this game. And then they're going to have to go to their quarterback, Gunner, uh, Gunner, which, by the way, I mean, even though he has 10 TDs and 10 interceptions, I'd rather trust him passing than Kamani Vidal just running the ball every game. Jordan, I come to you with the same question. Who do you have eyes on on Coastal's defense that, should they make an impact, really changes the way this game looks? I mean, Josiah Stewart really needs to step up. You know, Josiah Stewart didn't do really anything last week. You guys mentioned in the last podcast, he his name wasn't even mentioned in the box score. You know, we all know the type of player Josiah Stewart is when he's out and about and getting tackles for loss and when he's getting quarterback sacks. This is one of the guys that was one of the returning sack getters in the league in all of the NCAA last year. We got to have Josiah Stewart have a, a great game this Sun Belt Championship. If he if he shows up and the defense continues to be the ball hawking defense that we think it can be, then we have a chance at trying to bring another Sun Belt Championship to Conway. But if Josiah Stewart doesn't have any tackles, doesn't have any sacks, we're not going to have a, a chance of winning this game. So I'm expecting Josiah Stewart to, to have a bounce back game. This 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 week, and you know, hopefully we can have a, a better show on the run stop defense, and hopefully he can get some sacks. With such a balanced attack, Josh, this is a game that we're really going to rely on Chad Stags to make adjustments because Troy is going to change it up on us. They are going to run plays until something works, and when that something works, they're going to run it over and over and over again. Do you trust this coaching staff to make the necessary adjustments in this game? Well, after what we've seen the last couple of weeks, I really don't. I mean, <clears throat> we didn't see any adjustments against JMU really at all because we couldn't slow them down. We held them like seven points in the first quarter, and then we just kept allowing more points as the game went on. And this offense isn't quite as potent as JMU's is, but they're very disciplined. They're very physical. And, and like we've mentioned it a hundred times, I get that he has some – there's some reason that he's here. There's some reason that it's worked so far. But you can – Mar, you mentioned it, the, the corners to Jordan Strong and Lance Boykin. You cannot continue to drop them back in zone coverage. You've got to trust him to play man. We've got to shrink the field. And we can't let guys get seven-yard running starts off the line. That lets their offense spread out. That's why they get so many easy completions against us, people do. So, yeah, and – to go back on what we need to do as far as somebody I'm looking to step up, I was going to say Gerard Clark, because this is a guy that we've said all season. He had a couple good weeks. You got to do something, man. You got mentioned a hundred times in that JME broadcast that you're an NFL prospect. They kept saying, and they're holding Gerard Clark to he's an NFL prospect. You and Josiah Stewart, man, Jordan, you mentioned it. You've got to step up. Josiah Stewart was the preseason Sunbelt defensive player of the year. You can't even make an argument. You can't even, utter a single word to why he should even be like a Sunbelt honorable mention guy this season. So those guys have got to step up 
And I, wherever you've been hiding it, you got to bring it out or, or you're going to go out and lose another game and momentum's going to be shot. So you got to step. Right. And going back to the corners, honestly, if I'll, t- I'll tell you what I want to see. I know the Jordan Strong is a dog. I know Lance Boykin is a dog. I don't want to see this zone stuff no more. Okay. I hate the zone coverage. And no matter what team plays it, I hate it because in my opinion, that's soft. What I want to see, I want to see the Jordan Strong and Lance Boykin go face-to-face with whoever that wide receiver is that they're going up against. And as soon as that, that quarterback says, Hike, press him. That's what I want to see. I want to see physicality. I want to see your number one corner absolutely clamp him up and make this wide receiver lose confidence. That's that's what I want to see personally. And we don't have that because they're too busy playing 10, 15 yards off the ball. Let's be real. So you know what? If I'm the Jordan Strong or if I'm Lance Boykin, I'm saying screw what Chad Staggs has. If it's not working... I say give it a shot. And if it don't work, I say I say you call an audible inside your own head and you go one-on-one with that man. And then when you end up locking him down, you look right at your defensive corner and tell him, see this? This works. So let's do it more. Simple. I'm tired of seeing this soft coverage. It, it pisses me off because it doesn't allow these corners to be to show how great they really are. No, that's that's fair. I, I don't think you can do that in college. I think they would just bench them. I I, I think if, if Lance Boykin on a zone coverage call played man and got a pick six, he would still ride the bench the rest of the game. <laughs> hey, look, Curtis, knowing no this team, yeah, but I'm going to be honest, what are you benching him for? Like, like you're going to bench yeah. him? Like, I, they probably would, no doubt about it. Like, I'm not questioning that, but, like, who, who are you going to put up? Who, who are you going to put up on the number one wide receiver? Like, like doom. Yeah, big dude. See, I, I big dude should do that too. Like, please. All right, so let's switch sides of the ball here. Troy's defense is scary. Again, they have the same personality as their offense. They're physical. They're tough. They're gonna beat you down. Now they do allow a decent amount of yards. Offenses are averaging over three hundred yards a game on them. That's not unheard of, but it's not exactly fantastic either. They have 37 sacks on the season, which uh, James Madison does not have that many. And James Madison's defensive line made Coastal's offensive line look silly. They have three players with four and a half sacks. One of those players is their starting safety. He's going to come on pressure a lot. And Coastal's running backs and their offensive line are going to have to communicate who is getting that guy. And I don't trust them to do that. Josh, do you trust this offensive line to protect Jared Guest? Bryce Carpenter, Bryce Archie, any of them? Again, it, it's literally going to be a no. We got sacked five times last game, and there were a lot of sacks that you could – he probably broke the plane or got back to the line of scrimmage. You could have probably had, in real, in all honesty, like 10 sacks last week. The reason that this offensive line has looked in any measure of, of playable the last couple of years, I found out very quickly – is because of Grayson McCall and how good he is of throwing the ball away or evading the sack and calling it a rushing attempt. He's been saving their asses for years. And I I just, if, if it's not 10 back there, Troy is going to pound us and they're going to get to guess and they're going to get to Carpenter. And those guys, unlike McCall, they're not good at facing pressure at all. So if they can put pressure on them, it's over. They're going to fold. They're going to turn the ball over. So I'm not very optimistic unless it's 10 under center. That's a valid point. We're recording this on Tuesday night. We had to get it in early this week. And as of right now, we don't know who Coastal's starting quarterback is. Jared Guest was terrible against James Madison. Bryce Carpenter didn't play, which tells me he's not coasted, excuse me, not trusted by the coaching staff. And 10 is 
hurt? Question mark. We don't know. And I'm with you, Josh. 70% Grayson McCall might as well be Jared Guest. He's not going to be mobile enough to survive this rush. Is that a real problem, Jordan? Do we play 70% Grayson McCall, who still can't avoid the rush, or do we trust one of the other guys on this roster? Hell yes, we damn trust Grayson McCall at 70%. I would rather take a 70% Grace McCall over a 100% Jared Guest. And I ain't got nothing against Jared Guest. I got nothing against the guy. But if I'm Jamie Chadwell, I'm going to walk up to him and I'm going to pat him on his helmet twice. And I'm going to say, Jared Guest, I love you. I love you to death. But I got a trainer right beside me, right here. And we're going to take your helmet. And you're going to sit on that bench for the rest of this game. You ain't playing today. You're done. You have a seat over there at the Sun Belt Championship. Go sit on that bench over there. Go sit over there. You ain't playing today. I would tell him that if I was Jamie Chadwell. I would take a 50% Grayson McCall over a 100% Jared Guest. Amen. I would. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, too. I'm not hating on Jared Guest. Jared Guest. I am a big fan of yours. But you just didn't have it last game. And for us to have a chance at another Sunbelt Championship, bringing that trophy back to Conway, you need to go sit your ass on that bench. Go sit down. And if, if Grace, I don't care how much tape they got to put on his foot, ankle, go put it on his foot and ankle. Let this man go out here and try to win a, a Sunbelt Championship. Because it, or if he can't go, I don't know why they don't have confidence in Bryce Carpenter. Put him on the field. Bryce Carpenter has some touchdowns this year. Like, let him go out there and try to win this game for us. Or even put the freshman in. That's all I got to say. Yeah, real quick to add on to what you said. We see this all the time in the NFL where the backup gets in one week and plays great. And then they have a week game plan for him, and it's over. He never stands a chance. We see this all the time. And it's like, that's what's happened now. You saw what Jared Guest could do as starting quarterback against Southern Miss. And they had a whole week game plan for it, and that's what happens. And if, if that happens against Troy, he's not going to be very effective. He's a guy that he's great when he comes to need. You don't prepare for him. You're prepping for McCall. But he's not a guy. If you game plan for him, it's very easy to lock in on his weaknesses and, and exploit those. Yeah, and going back to that, personally – I wouldn't want to see a 70% Grayson McCall. I'm not saying over Jared Guest, but I would like to see Bryce Carpenter start. And the reason why is because we still got that other big bowl game. You know, obviously this is a Sun Belt championship, but I do want to see Grayson McCall healthy enough to play in that big bowl game in his last game at Coastal Carolina. And I don't want to test that here. Like, like you guys said, they got to do, they got to do something. Personally, I want Bryce Carpenter to start. Even, even, even Bryce Archie, even give him a shot. You know what I'm saying? This is where stars are born. And, if Bryce Archie is that guy and he ends up playing a really good game here in this Sunbelt Championship game, then we could see a passing of the torch, you know? But overall, though, I don't want to see Grayson McCall in that field just for the sole purpose of I want his last game to be that bowl game that we get selected to. And I want him to play. I want him to win. And I want him to end end it on good terms. Because we could put in a 70% Grayson McCall and he could be good and then it takes one hit. And he's back on the bench, and that's how his coastal career ends. And I don't want to see it that way. 
I want to see it end on a high. So I say start Bryce Carpenter over Jared Guess, but I just want to keep it safe until Grayson gets back so he can have a more memorable game. Yeah, this is not us hating on the backup quarterbacks at Coastal Carolina. This is us recognizing just how special Grayson McCall is. And to your point, Mario, why not have a backup come in and maybe they build momentum and, and you know, maybe they're the next two at Tagovailoa. I mean, Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback of that team. He played badly in the first quarter of the national championship game. They brought in two at Tagovailoa and won a championship. And he ran with the team from there. And you see how good both of those guys are. They're excellent NFL quarterbacks. Why can't Coastal have something like that? Why can't they bring in Bryce Archie off the bench and he just runs with this thing? Why can't they have a moment like that? Jordan, you had something to add here. I just want to make it perfectly clear to Jared Guest and to his family that are listening. I have no hate for Jared Guest. I don't. I just feel this is the best move for us to try to get another Sun Belt Championship. Granted, like I said, we don't know the situation of Grayson McCall, but I feel, like you said, give Bryce Carpenter a chance. This guy has been the starter for a long – he was the starter before Grayson McCall even was. Let's just see what he can do. Let him have a chance to air it out 50 – I don't know how far he can throw that ball. Maybe 50, 60 yards. I'm trying – I'm maybe being a little too nice. But let's just see what he can do. I, I have no hate for Jerry Grass, but I just I just feel at the time right now, we may not get a Sun Belt Championship for a while. And I think that this is the, one of the best chances we got in a while to try to win another Sun Belt Championship. Let's just see how somebody else does. Now, I don't know about Grayson, but I think Bryce Carpenter, I'm with Mario. Let's see what he can do. Put him in or Bryce Archie. That's all I got to say. Yeah, those those are all extremely valid. And, and, and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing – all four quarterbacks play. Give give each of them a quarter. What does it matter? Like, yes, Coastal Carolina's trophy case is barren. There's like nothing in there. But they're also a brand new football team. So what do you expect? Let this team be this team. Let this team and how they play decide who plays at quarterback. If you go out there in the first quarter and it's clear that Grayson McCall isn't healthy and he's not playing well, throw out Jared Guest. If he's not playing well and he doesn't have it, throw out Bryce Carpenter. If he doesn't have it, throw him out of there. Get in Bryce Archie. What does it matter? Let him play. Let him figure out who's the quarterback. Let him figure out who's good enough and ready to play. And then you've got two, three weeks off at a minimum before your bowl game to get Grayson actually healthy and get him one more game. So I just, you know, it's it's a real interesting situation, and I'd love to see it. Jordan. You had something to add again here. I was I was I actually just applauding what you had just said because I felt like all that you had just said was great points. Thank you. I appreciate that. The ego stroking does not go unnoticed. Yeah, I, I also wanted to add on that. I really I like what you just said and the fact of the matter is that whatever bowl game we get in, I don't think it's bigger than this game. Like you said, it, it might be a while before we have another chance to compete for a conference championship or a championship of any kind. So go out there and try to win it, no matter what it costs, no matter how many guys you have to use. If you're putting two quarterbacks in one play to deceive them, I guarantee you they're not playing it for three quarterbacks or two quarterbacks on the field. So use everybody you got. If Grayson can go a little bit, even if he's not fully healthy, 
act like he is, put him in for a couple of plays and make them fear when he comes into the game and then switch up the pace. Like you said, I think we should go all in, play everybody. You could be as creative as you can because you can't be worse than last week. It literally can't. And if it pays off, you win the championship. And that's something that you do not get to play for very often. Yeah. And then one more thing I want to say. With Troy, like, Troy's going to come in here already, and we all know that. But I think the one thing that we forgot is me and me and Josh remember two years ago, Troy came to Conway, and it was a pouring rainy day. Like, it was one of the worst games I think me and Josh have ever worked at, as, a, as a group. It was terrible, that game. That game was so bad as far as rain. Like, us going back home, it was dreadful. Had to wash my clothes for, like, four days because my clothes were that soaking wet. And that game... I remember specifically Grayson McCall playing his heart out. I remember he vomited on the field and still play and still played. Excuse me, last year. It felt like forever ago, but we talk about a lot. Thank you, Josh. But we talk about a lot how, you know, talking about that bad taste in our mouths and getting it out. We talked about it with App State. You know, we talked about it with Georgia State. This is the game right here that we that Troy is going to be. Troy's going to try to get that taste out of their mouth and they're going to come in and they're going to really start swinging. And it's up to Coastal Carolina this game to stop that momentum and to shut them down. Because you know what? This taste, if they beat us, it's going to be even more sweet because they just beat us for a Sunbelt Championship. Last last year was a regular season game. This is a Sunbelt Championship. So Coastal better be ready because this team's coming out for revenge and they want their revenge. They want it back in blood. And Coastal better prevent that. Yeah, uh, moving on to one of my favorite segments, the stats that matter. These are stats that we all believe that should Coastal hit these numerical values, it probably means Coastal won this football game. Jordan, what's your stat that matters for the Troy Trojans? Jared Brown needs to have at least 10 to 15 touches this game. We haven't been getting him the ball like that. Last couple games, and he, I don't believe I don't believe he played last week. But if Jared Brown doesn't have at least ten to fifteen touches, and I don't care if it's by catch or by wildcat, he's got to have some touches. Point blank, period. If he has that, we have a chance of winning, and maybe one touchdown. I'll say that. Yeah, for me, I would say the, the people I'm really looking at is uh, T.J. Harris. He's a safety and has four and a half sacks. To me, that means they're pretty aggressive with that safety coming in rushing and getting to the quarterback. I think it's going to take not just the offensive line, but some secondary blockers as well to kind of prevent that pass that pass rush and to kind of calm it down a little bit for whoever this QB1 is going to be for our team. So I'll say as far as stats, I'll say don't allow a sack from somebody that's not a defensive lineman. I'll say that. If it's a defensive lineman, they get a sack, cool. But if it's TJ Harris or – if it's Javon Sullivan, because those are the two guys with four and a half sacks, don't allow it to happen. Prevent those guys from getting to the quarterback. And if you do that, I think Coastal has a good chance of winning this game. Yeah, not only preventing them from getting to the quarterback, but taking advantage of when they do, like rush the quarterback. Finding the hole that they are inevitably going to leave behind is going to be super impactful in this game. Yeah, and that's going to take a running back or a tight end. It's going to take some secondary blockers because we know this offensive line itself isn't going to do that. No, they are not. Josh, what is your stat that matters? Yeah, so we went on a streak of doing this, and in those games we were able to win them. you got to hold Kamani Vidal under 100 rushing yards. He's got 1,006 on the season. 
He's a very good running back, one of the better ones we've played all season. And if we do it, it's going to take away one of the things that they've been relying on the last couple of weeks to get wins. And, and this defense can do it. They've showed that they're capable of doing it. But last week they just got run down the throats of and they showed no fortitude and no fight. you got to hold this. If you hold this guy down under 100 rushing yards, it changes the complexion of what Troy can do on offense, and it's going to take a huge asset out. They run for like 200 yards a game, so got to keep Vidal under 100 rushing yards. I guarantee if they do that, they win this game. No questions. Very valid. Coastal has struggled to stop the run all season, so if they can do that, if they can figure out one of their core weaknesses, it bodes well for the end of the night. My stat that matters, uh, I'm going to kind of build off of what Jordan started. Braden Bennett, Jared Brown, Sam Pinckney, 25 combined touches. That's a lot. That's going to take a lot of work to get those guys that many touches. But they're the best weapons that this Coastal offense has, especially if we trot out 70% Grayson McCall. If you can get the ball to those guys 25 times... Good things will happen. Very good things will happen for Coastal. Now let's move into predictions and see if those very good things are actually in our mind or if we're predicting another conference championship loss for Coastal Carolina. Well, I guess they didn't lose. They just didn't play in 2020. Mario, I'll start with you. Give me your score prediction Three o'clock on Saturday is kickoff. Where is it at about 7.30? Right, so I'll take all our predictions into account. You know, I'll take the get Jared Brown more touches along with Sam Pickney and Braden Bennett, stopping Vidal. Honestly, it feels like a long shot that all four of what we said is going to happen. You know, it feels like a long shot. Um, I think the one that's probably most common is stopping Vidal because we've done that pretty well with some running backs. I think that's the one that's probably going to be more common. So if I had to bet on one, it's probably that. Uh, 25 targets is a lot. I don't think they covered that without Grayson McCall. Getting Jared Brown, a lot more touches. That could happen. That could happen. So it's like a 50-50. I would probably say, I think this game is honestly going to be close. Hate to say it, but I think Coastal probably loses. I'm going to probably go 27-24 around there unfortunately like i hate saying that because you know i always want to be optimistic and say coastal wins i never predicted them to lose a single game this year besides that 11-1 record but when it the one already happened then i didn't say because i felt like it was going to be 11-1 but honestly without grayson mccall i think this is i think whoever starts can make it a close game but at the end of the day i think they're just going to come up just short so i'll go uh 27-24 troy josh troy comes in as an eight and a half point favorite do they cover and if they do or do not, what's the final score on Saturday? Yeah, so if they if Coastal does not have Grayson McCall, then this line is way too low for Troy. It should be closer, probably in my opinion, like sixteen or seventeen. So if no Grayson McCall, then I think they win by twenty five to thirty points. Um, with Grayson McCall, I think it's a game, and it just changes how much our defense is on the field and everything. I think we have a chance to win. If we have so, I'll assume for these predictions, and I, I guess that we should all assume if if we're going to do this that we do have Grayson McCall. Uh, that's the only thing I'm going to make a prediction for. I think we lose twenty eight to thirty one. I think Troy's just too well balanced, and I'm not saying we can't win the game, but at Troy, a physical team, a great running back, 
that just doesn't bode well and certainly not a healthy Grayson McCall. So I think we lose 28-31, but obviously we cover the spread. But that's what I'm going to rock with for this game. Jordan, the eternal optimist, we turn to you. What is your score prediction for Saturday afternoon? You know, I feel like I feel like me and Josh have identical thoughts because that was the exact score that I was going to say. The only difference is I was going to flip it around and I was going to put it on Coastal side. I'm going to say Coastal wins 31-28. My guy. I think that Cade Hensley, I think that's the guy's name, that's our kicker. Cade Hensley, we get it inside the 25 to 30-yard line. The guy's going to kick a game-winning field goal. And guess what? We're going to walk out of uh, Alabama with the Sun Belt Championship on their field. I think that I'm assuming Grace McCall does play, regardless of if it's 50 or 70%. I think he's going to play the whole game. I would assume this offensive line would know how – pivotal it was to have him out in this game and I think that he's going to play great enough this game you know to lead us to a Sunbelt championship and if he if, if if not then I think Bryce Carpenter or Bryce Archie plays and they play good enough to get us into great field position and I think we're going to have an opportunity with about five seconds left in the game Kate Hensley's going to come in kick the game winning field goal and we're going to come back to Conway with that Sunbelt championship so um, the defense is going to step up. I feel like Josiah Stewart, we're going to hear his name a lot. Secondary is going to do everything they can to stop the run and to stop the passing. But, Cade, I'm expecting big things from you this week. Do not let me down. Coastal wins, shots up. We're going to a bowl game, and hopefully it's in Tampa or New Orleans. Cade Hensley, I think that's the name of our kicker, Jordan 2022. <laughs> That'll be the next best-selling T-shirt on our uh, Shopify page. I think Cade Hensley is our quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, boy, I wish I was the eternal optimist that Jordan is. Um, but if candy and nuts were ifs and buts, it's not there, man. It's not. This team isn't there. The momentum isn't there. Grayson McCall isn't there, at least at 100%. 42 to 10 Troy I don't think it's even competitive I really don't and I don't say that lightly and I hope I'm wrong I what you don't understand is that I hope that I am the most wrong that I have ever been however I watched a team last week quit after they got punched in the mouth and that is exactly what Troy does that is their whole identity is punching you in the mouth and I don't believe in this team and their ability to shake that off and continue to fight. I think they roll over again. And it's practically over by halftime and really over about halfway through the third quarter. 42-10 to 10, Troy. They take the Sunbelt Championship. They take away the New Orleans Bowl. And they keep me from getting drunk and covered in beads on Bourbon Street. Which is the worst thing that they can do to me. I am pissed at them for that, but I think that they they end up doing that. Curtis takes on Bourbon Street. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So, uh, with the game out of the way, we'll talk very briefly about some rumors that surfaced today. 
Jamie Chadwell is the number one candidate for USF. That's the University of South Florida, who plays in West Central Florida. And I don't understand the name, but whatever. They've got a coaching vacancy after going 1-11 this season, and he's their number one guy. How do you guys feel about that? Is that a step down for Chadwell? Is that a step up? Jordan, I'll come to you here. Where are they at? Is this a good move for Chadwell? You know, South Florida at one point was one – they were one of the best non-group of five teams in the college football at one point. Non-power but five teams. Non-power five. I, I'm sorry. But they were – they, but they've had some struggling years as of late. So, for me to see Chadwell to go there and see what he can do, I think that there were plenty of Power Five conference offers that he could have went to. You know, Wisconsin, I could have seen him going to Nebraska. Georgia Tech's still on the table. Nobody, I don't believe, has taken that job yet. Um, They're looking at promoting their the guy that they named as interim. So, that job is most likely out of the running now. Okay, so if I was Chadwell, knowing the situation that was – I mean, you USF has better facilities than Coastal. Let's not sugarcoat it. They do. They play where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play at. And we, we've we said it before, Chadwell's done really great with recruiting in Florida. He might be able to go down there and turn a 1-10 team into a Cinderella team like he did Coastal. Now. I know USF would definitely offer Chadwell way more money than Coastal would. And the buyout contract would be over millions of dollars. So I would say this could be a pivotal moment for Chadwell. If he could go down to USF and and turn the Bulls into one of the best teams in the American, he actually wouldn't, you know, he could get bigger offers at a bigger power five conference. So the move would actually make sense to see that happen. Would I want him to leave and go there? No, I would like for him to stay and try to build something big here at Coastal. But we all know that USF is probably a little bit bigger than Coastal. Probably bigger, not little, but bigger. So I would say if he could go there and turn around the Bulls like he did the Shauna Clears, then I would say it's a smart move because – Going down the line, it would mean a bigger contract and a bigger team later on once he would be done at USF. Mario, I come to you with kind of the same question, but I'm going to flip it a little bit. Is this a good hire for USF? Do you think Jamie Chadwell fits them and fits where they're headed? Personally, yes. I think it's almost like a breath of fresh air. You know, I think I think here he was so used to like he was so used to using the same offense, running the same plays, which he could still do at USF. But I think with more offensive coaches around him, I don't think he's going to be alone. I feel like USF is going to give him the, or is going to give him the necessary coaches around him to build a better offense. I think he's going to have a lot. Obviously, like Jordan said, the college has a lot more money. It's a lot more bigger. I think that's going to be also very opportunistic in the terms of, of, you know, more creativity and more resources, obviously helping out the team as well. Personally, I think when, when if, if you were talking about a player going from the Sun Belt to a different conference, 
then I would say it's a little questionable, but this is a coach, you know, at the end of the day, your, your job is to coach. And I feel like Jimmy Chadwell could be a really good coach for that team. And I think with a new breath of fresh air, a new coaching staff, new players, I think he's going to have to build a different playbook anyway, because again, who's their quarterback is not going to be similar to uh, Grayson McCall. So they're going to have to build a new game plan to fit around that quarterback and fit around that offense or whoever their star player may be. So I think the breath of fresh air will definitely help Chadwell. My only question is once he gets his contract, I assume it'll be for like multiple years, not just one. So when he gets that contract, my question is if he does build a really good program at USF, if that happens, if he does build a really good program and they end up becoming a winning school, is he going to run into the same problem that he did at Coastal, which is running the same thing every single time and then people start figuring it out and stopping him? That's my only worry. But I feel like if he becomes more innovative and he's got the right coaches around him to tell him, hey, look, we need to do it this way or we need to fix these things up a little bit and make adjustments, then I think Chadwell will be in a great place. Josh, I turn it to you with this question. If Jamie Chadwell leaves after the Sunbelt Championship game, what is his legacy at Coastal Carolina? Where where does he leave this program at? So we, we know the four of us at least, and people who are tapped in know what he means to this program. But I think a lot of that, or at least a decent chunk, depends on what happens in that game. If he leaves as a Sun Belt champion, and then whatever he does, he coaches the bowl game, win or lose, it doesn't really matter. But if he hasn't technically won a Sun Belt championship game yet, we were co-champions, we caught COVID, we didn't get to play Louisiana – but if he can take us to two Sun Belt championships in three years and win the final game that he plays in them, finish whatever it was, like 30 and four, 30 and five that he is. I mean, like you said earlier, statue, wall building, like that's, that's the kind of legacy he leaves. And he's going to leave clean. He didn't have a bad year other than the first couple of years and he was just building. So I think in, in terms of his legacy, that's the way he gets out untouched. It's as good as it can be, and he was a hell of a coach for this program. And then we can build on that, and we've mentioned this earlier, but hopefully clear staff and kind of move on. But I think that would be – a Sun Belt Championship is very important to what his legacy would be looked at at Coastal, in my opinion. Yeah, it's really hard to go out a loser, but even if he does, he's the best coach that Coastal Carolina has ever had and probably Agreed. will be the best coach that Coastal – has for a while it's going to take an astronomical amount of work and dedication from whoever comes next to come close to the level that jamie chadwell has achieved in his time at coastal he took a program that was brand new to the fbs had no business being here let's be honest they they jumped the ship really early in their history to the fbs and now they are on the verge of having three double digit win seasons in a row that's unheard of. And that, like I said, the next guy has got a long road ahead of him and he'll have a jump start. He'll have indoor facilities. He'll have, you know, a, a, a nice stadium and a nice culture to build off of, but hats off to, to Jamie Chadwell and what he means. And, and if this is the end, it, it was an incredible run and we'll miss him around here. That's for sure. But I think with that, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it up. Send us your questions. Send us your score predictions for the Sunbelt championship game. Follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show. 
We will be back following the Sunbelt Championship game. Um, we've decided to push our basketball episode that may come out before the game, so I may be talking in the, a weird sense to where that basketball episode has come out. Uh, but we haven't recorded it yet. Um, but keep an eye out for that, and we will see you real soon. Sean's up. Let's put another trophy in that trophy case.